Ooh. Hey, Father. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. So, what story are we getting into this week? Oh, fun! I love him! Okay, call back later. <gasps> you guys, this week we're talking all about the book of Joel. Mm. Welcome to another episode of Bible <laughs> Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda. And this week, we got the whole family in the studio, sort of. <laughs> We've got Clara, the Spanish croquette. Hey. Hi, guys. But she's in Los Angeles, so she's being Zoomed in or whatever you guys use here at WTF Media Studios. <laughs> and we have Alex Media. What's up, what's up, what's here up? Here in the studio. He's doing? gonna be doing our switchboards and all that jazz, cause I can't do that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Watching them set up made me have this like whole nother appreciation for engineers, for WTF Media Studios. Like, how many other studios do stuff like this? Uh, I don't know. I haven't been in them. None <laughs> of them. Let me tell you. Like, she's in Los Angeles yeah. while we're doing this in New York to record this little old ding ding little podcast. Like, that is, <laughs> I could cry, uh, but I won't because I'm hot and we got, we got places to be. Hmm. Um, uh, anyways, you guys. Oh, wait, before we start the episode, I know what you may be wondering. Brianda? Why does your hair look neutered? Where is your hair? Why does it look like uh, brooms? Why do I look like Shakira, Colombia's uh, finest pop star? Um, if you have not seen it on TikTok yet. Yes, if you have not seen it on TikTok. Clara, here, 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 here. We had a viral moment happen on TikTok. Um, I had a Dominican uh, hair salon mess up my hair. Oof, almost dropped it. Um, you guys... I straightened my hair, which you guys already saw from the content with my straight hair, and it completely messed up my hair. It's every curly girl's nightmare. Mm. My curls didn't revert. So now I have straight pieces. My hair has lost like 60% of its volume. My hair falls out in chunks. So I am collabing with this man. At, his name is Joseph at Curls on Fifth, Fifth Avenue, and he's going to hook me up and try and revive my hair. Clara, tomorrow I go uh, I go to his salon and he's going to chop it off. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, yeah. <sighs> How much is he chopping it off? Girl, I don't know. Even like thinking about it, it's been a mess. But like thousands of people can relate to this. We had over collectively of the videos that I made on TikTok, like over a million views and wow. thousands of comments of women who have gone through the same thing. Whether they're wow. Dominican salons or like people's uh, uh, hairstylists sneaking in like those have a texturizer in the shampoo so that Why? when they go to straighten it, it's easier for them so that they can get the next person on the chair. Wow. Yeah. So they don't even tell you. And you want to know what's even <gasps> more. That's so bad. Want to know what's even more insidious is that I brought my own stuff. But what Joseph said, because he assessed my hair, that's what went, went viral on TikTok. Tell them who Joseph is, because that story was funny to me. Uh, jo oh, okay. Like so, the curl doctor? The curl repair man. The repair man, 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 man. He, so I called him frantically the day that my hair was not reverting. And it was even worse day one. Uh, worst day one. And he is a booked and busy. Like, I'm seeing him tomorrow. The last time I saw him was three weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago. Like, because he didn't have book, he didn't have availabilities for me. But I called him because I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I need a consultation. I need to know what happened to my hair so I could even, like, 
go throughout life. I'm such, you know, I'm a vain babe. I'm a beauty babe. This is no, traumatizing. You, this is your image. No, and you make money off of your image. This like, is trauma. This is serious. Yeah. yeah. So I literally called him and I was like, J J Joseph, is this you? And um, it was like his, uh, his point person, his apprentice or something at the beginning. And she saw me like crying hysterically. Like, I just, I need to speak to whoever this curl man is because you won't believe what just happened. And she was like, oh, we know. Apparently they get those calls all the time. Oh, wow. And so oh, wow. he passed me the phone or whatever. And I told him, I was like, ah, I'm an actress. I'm a podcaster. And like, I've been here before, like five years ago, there's someone that something happened to my hair on a production set and I'm traumatized. And I feel like I'm going to like, I told him, I feel like I'm going to go into a psych ward. I was feeling like suicidal. Like it was not, and I'm not trigger warning. Sorry. I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I really do feel that way. And so many comments are saying I'm dramatic. You weren't assaulted. Whatever. Yeah. I know I wasn't actually assaulted. <laughs> Al, stop laughing. It was a pr Honestly, it was so no, bad. The way <laughs> so bad. The way that I see it though, like this your image is part of your income, is part of your lifestyle, is your career. It's like a taxi driver missing a wheel. On on like a, a That was really deep, Clara. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Like, uh, how, <sighs> it is nothing like a taxi driver it missing is. a wheel. It is. Yes. It is. If how? that's your whole image. You make money off like her body is her tool to make Wait, money. Can I can I add even more? Mm -hmm. If the taxi driver had had his wheel broken and taken already years ago, and then he finally worked so hard to get a wheel back, it took him so long, and he finally gets his wheel back, boom, they jack it again. Maybe a flat. How about oh, why don't we geez. call it a flat? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. A flat, you can't drive, you still got the wheel, you can still get a yeah, little bit to I mean. where your destination is, but you can't go far with it. Okay, that's, how that's do you fine. translate nomatico? How do you translate nomatico? Because that's what I meant. The uh, rubber part. Uh, the rubber part? I don't know. Well, but, Yeah, it's a flat. That's what a you mean. A pneumatico, yeah. I don't know. That's what I meant. Not the actual wheel, the, the rubber part. Oh, I was talking about the wheel. <laughs> I meant the whole thing. <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> I'm dramatic. Like a taxi driver with no taxi. <laughs> I get it. I'm dramatic. Whatever I know, however you fall on the spectrum, curly hair people, they know what the heck I'm talking about. Okay. It was the and people. Honestly, what? it's uh, it's not sorry to cut you, but yeah. it's not only your profession, but it's so much like it's part of your personality. Like I can relate because my part of my personality and my signature and what makes me me is the long ass hair that I have. If you chop it off tomorrow. I would have a crisis. Clara, you would be it's unwell. It's not me anymore. Like, there's a part of me missing, a very important part that defines who I am. Totally. And, and now imagine you make money or your career, you uh, know, is influenced by that. It's, like, it's even deeper than that. Like, do you know how long it took me to even be confident enough to, like, do these, like, protective styles, natural girl styles? I would go on dates. Like, I went on dates all summer long, and I felt so bad. I felt like a 10 pin on that. I felt like a 10 on these <laughs> dates. <laughs> With my natural hair, like it, it, I know that sounds really superficial for some, but like, dude, I used to straighten my hair all the time. I am Dominican. So going to the salon every week was like going to church. Like I, they constantly tried to like remove my curls, like remove me of my identity almost, you know, like, no, your Euro standard of beauty is beauty. To this day, my dad only calls me beautiful when my hair is straight. Oh, wow. And your mom tells you that she hates your curls. And my mom, my mom has gotten used to it now because I finally learned how to style it and like, but she always, when I straighten my hair, the first thing my mom said, oh, you should do this more often, you know? Uh, so like, 
there's an underpinning Did she say of like you look more decent or something like that. Yeah, like more professional. Like, some racist. Yeah. Sh- this was some racist shit for real. Mm-hmm. So like, it took me a while to get to this spot and to have some on 150th and Broadway mess my hair up in an instant, just like that. Is just. Anyways, part of the story, if you don't follow me on TikTok, I'm going to be documenting it on TikTok. Me and the curl man are going to work together. He's going to try and recover at least like 20% of it. But Can you just, please explain what? that this man is white from Ukraine Russia. and has no curls in his hair, but he has became the hair, like the curl doctor he calls himself? Oh. Like, that's what's funny to me. I had- like, you're the farthest away from an Afro hair. Well, here's the thing, though. He worked in high fashion, and for many years, he was doing the opposite. And then he was like, oh, I'm, like, I don't want to do it. Even the smell of burning and, like, all that other stuff, he was just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to manipulate hair this way anymore. So he transitioned to being natural entirely about, like, 15 years ago. And he was recommended to me by three people, actors, in entertainment. One of them's a newscaster. They all said him. Mm. So this Russian man is about to help this Dominican girl out, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> But um, back to the... Can I... Oh, oh, Clara. So Al and I went out. We saw the Bad Friends show in New York City. They were performing at Gramercy Theater. It was a very fun time. And Al and I got into a discussion <laughs> about something that happened. With Clara knows about it. Some of the Bible babes that have joined our lives know about it. But I went on a date with a man. It actually was the last... I think it kind of... I need a break from dating, and it started with him. Uh, Al doesn't agree. Ooh, let me not bury the lead. This is what we're going to talk about. So I was telling Al the story mm-hmm. about how I went out with this rich G-Wagon man. We call him the G-Wagon oh. Bandit. Yes, him. Yeah. And we were on a second date, guys, because the first one went amazingly. And on the second date, not even 30 minutes into the date, he starts telling me about, like, previous women that he's dated. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, I kind of hate when that happens too early, but anyways. And then he says he says, "Oh, I don't date. I exclusively don't date tens because they don't have personality. Tens don't have personalities." And then he keeps talking about the story. He has a little accent too. He starts telling the story. As he's telling the story, I grab my Uber app and I get an Uber. And then I get up and I say, oh, I have to go. And he goes, where, do you, where are you going? And I was just like, I, I have to go. Like, I literally, that was the first date I've ever walked up and left. I'm a 10 and I feel attacked, okay? Yes. Yes. I literally <laughs> was like, oh, this is uncomfortable because I'm a 10. I guess I should probably leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was so offended. It felt like I was gutted, sucker punched. And you understood what I was talking about. Some of my other girls understood what I was talking about, whatever, whatever. And I go to tell Al the story. Uh, and this is Al's face the whole time. And I was like, what's that face for? What do you mean agreeing? He was like, yeah, well, he's, he's right. Uh, what? Al, explain yourself. Okay. So I don't think I'm a 10. I see there are the, and everyone is, um, you know, they have their own type. But there are certain men that people agree look very well, like the Jason Momoas or the Brad Pitts or the Idris Elbas. There are just certain men that everybody universally agrees looks attractive and like highly attractive. Yes. So it's like I'm not a 10. I don't think of myself as a 10 because my scale is from zero to Idris Elba. So it's like I think that women – The scale is the same. Like whoever you put your 10 at, 
whether whether that tent is um whether that tent <laughs> they didn't even see that. I don't want them to see them, but <laughs> she's the phone at you. Keep finish your point. So whether that tent is uh uh Rihanna, Beyonce, um what's some of these like Victoria's Secret girls, whatever your tent is, it's like, do you honestly feel you look as good as that person that you put the tent at? How do I say this? Al? Uh, ooh, Clara, actually, Clara, you go. No, because I think, like, I think the way he's doing it, like, you're putting faces and numbers, like, you're, like, putting numbers to it, right? Like, Idris Elba is It is 10, numbers. Or this, or this Victoria's Secret is a 10. Like, there are several 10s. You can have two different 10s. There are still 10s. No. One can be, like, completely looking the completely opposite to the other. And 10 overall... You know what I mean? What? What? Say. No, there's no two different tens. A ten yes. is a ten. That's the point of this scale. No. You have Rihanna, and then you have that girl from Marvel. They're they look completely different, but they're both tens. Scarlett oh, Johansson. That's right. Yeah, but okay, but that's so the point. That's the point in- of the scale. Like on a level of attractiveness, all the things that you come together in those people that make them a ten, uh, conventionally, universally. Like, I don't think that I have all those aspects to make me a 10. So I don't consider myself oh my a 10. Gosh. Oh and my, I think women like should... Be a 10. It's not necessarily look. It's all the things that add because it's not just appearance. Like, people like Idris Elba's swag a lot. I think his swag is kind of better than his looks, to be honest okay. with you. So let's say... But that helps let, to make him the 10. Okay. So now... Idris Elba can have a little bit more of swag than he can have of like physical features, if you yeah. want to call it like that. You like it's like putting ingre- ingredients to it, right? Like Brianna, what? What? Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset, and I'm 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 really upset because <laughs> you guys are saying things, and yet my mind's going somewhere else. We're on a second date. And I don't care. I don't think I'm a 10. I know I'm a solid six and a half, seven. I know it, but I'm funny. Anyways, whatever. Point, I'm not being self-deprecating here, but I know what I really am. I want whoever I date to think I'm a fucking 12. Exactly. Like, I want whoever's taking me on a date in that moment, I need you to treat or me even like if Princess they don't Diana. Think, okay. Even if they don't think so, you know you're not perfect, but there's no need to point out. Ah, okay. So now know, like I- th- the bad on the second date, even. Yeah. I, th- I think this is the scale that, Clara was just talking about how there's like just attractiveness scale and then there's the the total package scale. Overall. I think he was referring to just looks scale. It when doesn't he's matter. made that sentence to you. And I'm not even saying that the sentence was right. He should have worded it differently. Oh no, Listen, he worded it just he should have he should have worded it differently. He should have said something like, Hey, um, you know. I love the fact that you sh- you always should start with a compliment when you're gonna like knock somebody. So you gotta Not be the like corporate email yeah, formula. Like, you, you, <laughs> exactly. like positive, negative, positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, he should have started. It was like, yo, I love the fact that you're so well rounded. You're beautiful, funny, da 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 da. And then he's like, because there's been girls in the and past you're that average I, looking. No, because there's been girls in the past that are just like all they care about is looks, but there's nothing up here. So if he framed it like that, which is saying the same thing, no, I think that would have came no. up way better. Wow. I think Listen, men and women just don't. Will not you agree are with on this. a second date. You have to show the most interest towards me. Like you're already yes, holding up. Even, like, listen. I just gave him was Imagine Brianna was a short girl, right? And yeah. she knew she's short. She's gorgeous, but she's shorter than average. 
but he can be still be interested in her or whatever. There's no reason for you to point out on your second date, like, hey, you're beautiful and you're gorgeous and super funny and da 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 but you're lacking height. There's no need for you to say that. But that's not what he did. He tried to yes, give he her. Did he that. tried to give her a compliment, not knowing that she was, was going to take it as a negative. He was saying, like, "Hey, you are prettier. Not a ten. No, no, you're not as no, pretty no, no, no. as other yes. girls. Yes, that's exactly. No, no, that's like, not what he said. You're no, no, not no, no, as no, no. As okay. See? Wait, Cloud, See, we need the male point of view. Oh, Al, please. what did he say? He said, "Your personality exceeds, or it's but, they, yeah, no, yeah, wait, yeah. no, 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 no. You have." Too good of a personality for how good you look. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said. He's like, hey, usually when I date a girl that looks attractive like that, they don't have a personality and I'm not interested. So he's saying that, wow, you're coming with a personality. I'm super interested in you. But he worded it in a male way. Well, we're dumb. Listen, I usually don't date tense. That's horrible. The line is horrible. Oh no, he said exclusively is what was the word. I exclusively don't date tens. <laughs> That's crazy. And let me tell you something. That's wait, wait, can I tell you something? Ow, ow. I, I forget that Let's word is important. This. Let's dissect like, this. Like, He's like, oh, I a bunch of tents, but, but I date. would never date exclusively. Wait, ow, ow. Let's let's talk about this. I'm happy because we have a male here. Okay. Like, oh, I'm I want to really dissect this. Like, what? Who? How? How? How is a woman supposed to even like take that? Oh, you were saying something about the men or. Men say shit like that all the time. Yeah. Little, I feel like it's just some, it's the way their brains are wired. Like, yes. I don't know. There are things that they're not as like emotionally, um, uh, they, uh, they don't afford us that much grace, I feel like in communication. Here's the thing though. When you love a man, you understand that and the love kind of supersedes it or kind of dulls the blow of it. Yes. When I don't love you, I can only see you kind of in a, like, um, it's a little more pedestrian. It's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you don't know someone. More factual. Yeah, yeah. I can only judge you off of what you bring. And communication has to be as cordial as possible in the beginning. I don't love you yet. Yeah. If you would have said that on date seven, date six, something, I may have may you know, I maybe I'll ask him something. Yes. But what, Clara? No. Still? My man better never tell me that he exclusively yeah. never dates tens. Yeah, no. Because. <laughs> It's a problem. It's a problem. Well, let us know in the comments. I don't what care. You guys like, think. even if it's true, I don't need to know. Okay. Yes. I'm exactly. Here and you love me. That's all we need to know. I don't but need to I, compare myself okay. with nobody. So else. the only thing that, and w I agree with what you guys say. I would never say that. And I think the way he worded that, and it wasn't necessary. He was trying to give a compliment, but failed at it. Torpe. But I do think if you try to just like, if you say, hey, if he was trying to give a compliment. Uh, let me look at it in that aspect. And if he's only talking about just straight looks and you said yourself out of your mouth that you don't think that you're a 10 in terms of looks, then what he said isn't a knock. No, it is. But that's the thing. How do you know he's trying to take a compliment? No, no, I'm telling you, it was definitely a compliment the way that he said that. It's definitely a compliment. And I can tell you right now that I have enough information. I've gathered behavior. I, I, li I, I like, I'm an actor. I like understanding behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And I afford people grace when it's appropriate. By him saying that alone, we are not on the same page. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a meathead. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I, just automatically, you're. I want to date someone who is super intentional when they speak. They're not flippant with their 
points or compliments or whatever. That's what I desire. That's what I find attractive. So just off of that alone, I'm not wasting anyone's time here. Maybe the leaving was a little dramatic, but I'm talking about it now on a podcast and it makes for a fun story. You know what I'm saying? I do it for the plot. Do it for the plot. But also I blocked that man on the Uber. I blocked him. Uh, And I don't, Actually, I disagree with that a little bit. I oh, think it should have been a. Lear- I think you should have told him. It should have been a learning moment for him. Yeah, I'm not his mother. Yes, but you were interested in him, so. Oh yeah. So maybe he didn't realize how uh, chauvinistic that came across as, and you could have just helped him out, and then maybe the next seven can help him out. Then the next seven can. Uh- <laughs> Can uh, teach teach him. Maybe she'll wheel in a whiteboard. But I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not teaching I nobody. Think, no, think. mama. But it's also for the better, for the greater good. Greater good for of who? Greater good. For in general. Because yeah, if, I talk about the Bible. Men and women. That's my men and good. women that keep dating. Like now let's look at yep. from his point of view, mm. right? He went on a date with this incredibly gorgeous girl who is a seven. A gorgeous seven. And he's... <laughs> <laughs> We need to, this is for the greater good. Like if now let's see it like from his perspective, right? He's going on a date with this like gorgeous, incredibly <laughs> mama, gorgeous, incredible girl. He thinks he probably has some pressure on because he wants to impress you or whatever. So he thinks he's like trying to be funny or he's trying to give you a compliment. Everything seems to be going well, and out of nowhere she takes off. So now he feels like a victim, like he's been treating like a victim, like, oh, I'm dating, and in general, I was like, oh, girls ain't shit, because look at they do, they just come here for the free meal, or whatever, and then they walk out right after, because in his head, there was no trigger, Mm -hmm. so it's like, oh, she was just taking advantage of me, Mm -hmm. because she's just like, come here, have a free meal, whatever, whatever, and then pop out. Maybe there's 30 minutes in, I didn't even finish my drink. Well, was free drink, whatever, I don't know what it is, I didn't even finish the drink. But you can, I I fully agree with what she's saying. I really just don't feel like being that hero. It's not my, you know what I'm saying? It's not a hero. Literally, literally, the other girl can do that because he, it's just not, no, no, no. And I I mean this, A, can't go back in time. I already did what I did. Uh B, the next person can do that. I do not feel responsible for making someone uh, have a teachable grow growth spurt in his day. This is a 37 year old man. I am younger than you. I'm not te- like, no, it's just not happening. Not happening. Uh, but, and also victim, he owns a G wagon. He owns an apartment on Kent in Williamsburg. Uh, I'm sorry. You no. can be a very big victim yeah, exactly. in a G wagon. That, that yeah. has nothing to do with I'm, I'm, I'm not just, giving him that. This story, when he tells his guys, he's going to be like, yo, I invited Call me a seven this. And I'll fucking throw my shoe. <laughs> I invited this gorgeous 10 out <laughs> and I gave her a compliment <laughs> at the table. All of it, she took up her phone. Probably some other dude texted her, and she just left. Yeah, yep. that's what. That's how he's going to tell the story now. Yep. And now it's like, hey, all right, women just use us for whatever. So now he's going to continue going about his life in this manner when you could have just been like, excuse me. And then that would have you know been what? a conversation. Yeah, but when you're a, that's a lot of responsibility on someone who was like really like <gasps> gutted it, it you know what it feels like do you remember when you were in elementary school and s- someone like made fun of you for something and you were a kid and like you kind of feel like your world's about to implode like it doesn't yeah. feel it almost feels like <gasps> like the wind's been you know pulled out of your lungs almost i in that moment i don't have the 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 recall to have to be oprah winfrey in that moment to explain to a man why that wasn't you know what i mean it makes sense i'm in that moment i'm shocked i'm kind of i'm offended i'm hurt i feel really unattractive i feel unsafe a little bit too like i don't I, th- these are all these things that are going in my head i'm not in that moment thinking 
boom, I'm going to be, this is my moment to share with, yes. you know, I just and want to leave or else I'll cry. That's, that's what makes you you. you I don't want to have suicidal thoughts because of your curls. So I can understand you, the Trudy. reaction. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Two things of this nature. Thank you for reminding me, just looping, you know circling back funny, to that. What? When you told me that story, what? The, the, like, and I pointed that out when it happened, where, I, like, how different brains go separate ways, because you automatically felt offended and took off, and you're like, oh, he's calling me at seven. No, no, my even, response, just not a ten. What was my response when you told me? It was like, oh, you just call me I don't know nine. why we keep rolling with seven. <laughs> we don't have to keep, like, saying seven. You just say not a you ten. Put, you gave that <laughs> you number. Did. I know I didn't. You did. But when I hear the both of you say it back. <laughs> It does something to me. <laughs> I'm hot. My boobs are sweating. <laughs> Not okay. What were you saying? <laughs> Never. Never mind. <laughs> we are quickly approaching the end of the old testy. Today, we are talking all about the book of Minor Prophet Joel. He's a bit of a mystery man because very little is known about who he was, where he came from, and when the book was written. Joel 1.1 tells us he was the son of Pethuo, an earlier prophet. Y'all can Google him. Well, context clues from this short three-chapter book tells us that this was written sometime around prophet Ezra and Nehemiah. Joel also mentions details about the temple. So we know that he's got to be sometime between King Joash's reign and right after the exile out of Babylon. So we're dealing with like a 300-year window here, okay? In other words, some Bible readers think this is either a book prophesying the Babylonian takedown over Judah, or this is about a time after the Judeans return from Babylonian captivity. We don't know for sure, okay? At the end of the day, it ain't really about the mystery man Joel himself. It's about where God is in this story. Let's dive in. What I really like about Prophet Joel is that he throws subtle shade at people. Like, I can tell he be minding his own business and don't really bother nobody because he never calls people out by any specific sin. He calls them out. Don't get me wrong about that. He does. But it isn't like Isaiah or Jeremiah. He speaks very vaguely. Hi, Tangi. You know, sometimes I think that's why politicians run the world, because they are vague when they speak publicly, never giving too much information so as to not incite any extreme reaction. You know, not to compare Joel to any of our lying-ass politicians. It's more in reference to the communication tactics public figures use when broadcasting to a large mass of people. Capiche? Calling things out explicitly can actually deviate from any communication goal which in the case of Joel, is how his words can bring people closer to God, not further away. Anyway, Joel opens by telling the reader of a time where a huge swarm of locusts messed up an entire nation. And I'm not talking about a flying bug here and there. No, them locusts tore that place up. Agriculture and life, setting back the country for years to come. He even compares these locusts to a nation coming to destroy them. Let's dive into some scripture. All right, guys, we're going to go to Joel chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. For a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number. Its teeth are lion's teeth. 
and it has the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vine and splintered my fig tree. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it down. Their branches are made white. See, guys, these locusts took everything. The people are starving, and because they don't have food for themselves, they definitely don't have resources like wine or oil to be sacrificing anything for temple offerings, which is a major problem. So, Joel, in prophet sugar daddy fashion, offers a rich solution. Joel tells these elders he's speaking to to lament and fast, because this locust situation, it ain't just random. It's a consequence of their actions. Now, Clara over in LA, I know Alex, probably wondering, what does lament mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, my little star student. Yeah, I know you do. Uh, and if you need to, Book of Lamentations here, Clara, pop that up. Thank you. In this case, lament means grief and or true repentance. Okay? Repentance. Biblical repentance. Let's dive into some scripture. We're going to go to Joel chapter 1, verses 10 to 13. The fields are destroyed. The ground mourns because the grain is destroyed. The wine dries up. The oil languishes. Be ashamed, O tillers of the soil. Wail, O vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. We're going to skip to 13. Put on sackcloth. <laughs> sackcloth is like... <laughs> you know, a little handkerchief right. on your on your privates. <laughs> Anyways, mm. um, put on sackcloth. No, because when you're repenting in a real way, typically in the Bible, you'll see a lot like David did it. A lot of like uh, very important biblical like, figures have done it. They rip their like, clothes off. Oh, my bad. They rip their clothes off. Y'all feel me? Y'all know? Right. Anywho, put on sackcloth and lament, oh priests. Wail, O ministers of the altar, go in, pass the night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God, because grain offering and drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. So it's kind of like what I said before. They're starving. They have no resources. They definitely don't have any resources to spare on offerings. But if they're not doing the temple offerings, then they're not abiding by the Bible as well. You know what I'm saying? So God recognizes this. And that's why Joel is here to explain to the people, I have a solution for you. And that's lament. Which brings us to chapter two. Joel talks to us about the day of the Lord, which a whole lot of other prophets do. It's nothing original. What is the day of the Lord in the Old Testament? It means the final day of judgment, bringing deliverance and or doom from God. Okay? The day of the Lord in the New Testament means Jesus is on the way, girl. <laughs> which, obviously, I believe that because I'm a Christian. But anyways, back to Joel. Joel tells the people in chapter two that there is an invading army coming. Could be the locusts he prophesies about in chapter one, okay? Scripture. We're gonna go to Joel chapter two, verses one to two. Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the Lord, oh, let all the inhabitants, oh, I don't know whose hair that is, but it's not mine. <laughs> Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness there is spread upon the mountains. A great and powerful people, there like has never been before, been before, 
nor will be again after them through the years of all generations. And I'm going to skip a little to when we find out that the army is coming. Joel 2, verses 10 to 11. The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. Ooh, how scary. The Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He who executes his word is powerful. I'm going to say that again. He who executes his word is powerful, for the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who can endure it? The ones that get it, get it. That's awesome, Jared. Okay? Thank you, Joel. But it's also like, what do we do with that information? Like, I, I, the way, when I first read that, I thought, oh, awesome info. But then I thought, okay, if I read that in that time, I would be like, Joel, you just screamed fire in a theater. What do we do now? You know, it would have caused me to run. It would have caused thousands of people to run if they heard that, you know? But don't worry, guys. Because our boy Joel came through with a solution. And the solution was? Repent. It's as simple as that. Scripture. We're going to go to Joel chapter 2, verses 12 to 13. Uh, 12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning and rend your hearts and not your garments. Understand what that means? Not with your hearts and not your garments. He's not talking about that fake ish. He knows what it's like to repent on paper. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the Lord sees you just ripping your clothes off, burning a candle and being like, Lord, I promise, I'm, I'm sad. It's like, you think the Lord doesn't know where your heart really is, it actually bothers the Lord even more when you do that fake performative stuff. He knows that you're not actually in it. You know what I mean? Let's go to some scripture. Scripture, Joel chapter two, verse 13. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Real ones know, you guys, Joel is quoting Moses here directly. Moses from the book of Exodus. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. We've read this before in this episode. Understood? Anyways, point is, as we continue chapter two, that the Lord has pity. He's not just there for us in times of trouble. He also wants to be there for the good stuff too, for the real stuff. Could you imagine the Lord's phone line right now? Lord, how I'm gonna pay my rent this month. Lord, my man is acting suspicious. Lord, I just lost my best friend, yada, 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 yada. Like, yes, the Lord is there for us in times of trouble. The Lord is our strength. But Joel reminds us the Lord wants the best for us. And when it happens, to remember him in those moments, just as much as when we remember him in deep trouble. I hope that makes sense. Maybe that didn't make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, it's okay. I'm only a person. I'm only a human on the internet. I don't know what I'm talking about half the time, but I'm trying. Scroll, 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 scroll to we also see Joel playing homage. You want no, no, this? No. 
No, no, no. Keep going. Oh. I don't want it. This is what I was, I was going to mention jealousy, but it's too long and I'm hot. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I'm right. You are. No. Solid seven. <laughs> Clara, the, enough <laughs> with the jokes. I think, I think you've milked that, that fruit dry. Okay. I mean, that was good. I Shut up, Al. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't even believe. No, enough. Honestly, I was going to say solid 10, but just for the sake of the joke from earlier. No, we're not doing this. Okay. I loved chapter two so much. I'm going to add a bonus verse from chapter two before we, you know, move on to the final chapter three. And this verse is one of my favorites in this book. It's Joel chapter two, verse 23. It reads, be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given the early rain for your vindication. Early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain. The early and the latter rain as before. Oh, can I just say a high tangy to you and Al? I mean, I know I can't see. I know, Clara, you're not here, but maybe I'll share it with you, Al. Dude, have you ever sometimes prayed for something so much in your life? Like, please help me get through whatever the, the heck I'm going through. And then in hindsight, you realize that he not only gave you that. He gave you so much more. How many times has that happened to you? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> Correct answer? Oh my gosh. Jeez <laughs> Louise. You guys, these heathens. No, but you know what I'm saying now. Yeah, like, yeah, but I think that's life. Oh, that's right, guys. <laughs> We got some lukewarms. I got a non-believer on the other end of that Zoom. And I got a lukey, <laughs> luke, lukewarm here in the building. What do you mean that's life? Things happen. Um, you have ups and downs. And that's just the way of the world. That's how it happens. So it's like when you're at a low period, you're in that mode of like trying to look for ways out of it. And then once you get out the low period, then it's like that's oh. how the world okay. works is okay. ebbs and flows. Look for ways to get out of it. Where do you strum up the courage and strength to look for that? That kind of sounds like hope, no? Nah, kind of. It's more so like believing and trusting in yourself. There. And you've had experiences in the past that were bad. And you're like, hey, I got through that. And I've learned from that. And I learned oh. ways of getting through it. So now it's like I have the skills necessary to get oh. through this one. Okay, wait. You said so many things. And if there's any way that I could encapsulate what faith is, it's what you just said. You remember what you were going through and yada, yeah, yada. I learned. That is, yes, in learning, relearning, unlearning, taking what, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That is exactly how faith works. So for any non-believers listening, what you just described, I, it lights a fire in me because it is like by definition what faith is. Like it's that understanding that there's something to look forward to in the future and it's so great and it's better than whatever circumstance you're in right now. You use also logical skills like I've been in a uh, something before and I've also pulled through that. There's a lot of remembering mm -hmm. involved in it. Oh, ooh, I wish I could, I could like taste it. There's a, oh, it's like a mustard <laughs> seed of faith. <laughs> Al, I see it in ya. I'm, I feel like I'm like squeezing your nipple. <laughs> purple nipple. Okay, sorry. Back to the story. We also see Joel paying homage to the ones that came before him, quoting prophets like Moses, Isaiah, Zephaniah, Obadiah, Ezekiel, Nahum, Amos. He 
has a hip hop album with a whole lot of features on it, and it's good. <laughs> Who's that? Is it Future that always has a bunch of features? Yeah. He's the future <laughs> of profits. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Joel was doing that all around. He was using scripture to back up his knowledge, not the other way around. He wasn't afraid to quote the greats, which is what made Joel so great. No ego in his approach, just knowledge. Oof, I got the chills. He understood that knowledge was real power. You are never above or below anyone when you have acquired true knowledge. Joel's biblical literacy was untouchable. He was dropping all these one-liners, and that's because he was in the word. He wasn't skimming. He was eating that scripture up like a family-sized bag of the blue Doritos, like mm -hmm. I did last night. Anyways, the Lord says he will restore the damage that those locusts did. All of it, and then some, after the punishment is said and done. Now we're in the final chapter, chapter three. And it's a quickie. And it's directly from the Lord. The Lord judges the nations that were historically evil to Judah. I think it's kind of cool that he did that. The first two chapters, he was talking directly to his people. You know what I'm saying? Like a parent, like scolding and teaching their children. And then like if another child, if another person's child is the person that did something to their kid, mm -hmm. they'll keep it quick to the other one. Like in you, keep your hands to yourself. Okay? Mm. Kind of like that. Like I'm going in depth with my kids. Mm -hmm. Stay over there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Cool. So we're going to go to Joel chapter 3, verse 7. <laughs> Sorry, because <laughs> I know what happens and you don't. Okay, now, for now, for now. <laughs> Behold, I will stir them up from the place to which you have sold them and will return your payment on your own head. I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah. What? what? <laughs> so I guess it's a, little, it's a little more aggressive than stay over there. But it's quick. Uh, it's quick. Oh, God. Clara. Oh, I'm reading it again to make sure I understood it because that's a No, 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 it is. It is. It is what you're thinking it is. Yes. Yeah. Hey, man. So if your kids are bad, I'm going to sell them into slavery? Well, what he says is <laughs> you had my kids in slavery for years and then it's going to be flipped on its head. <laughs> so ojo por ojo, diente por diente. No, not really. It's more like the Lord is a jealous God, which we know from uh, Exodus as well. And actually in Joel, he also, he also mentions this here. He says, the Lord says, the Lord is jealous for his people. What does jealous mean? It's not human-like jealousy. There is sinful jealousy, and then there's sanctified jealousy. Mm. In the case of biblical jealousy from the Lord, it means that I'm not the Lord. I'm just interpreting, right? And I may be wrong. But it means I will fight tooth and nail anything that gets in the way of my children and me, period. I get angry. But it, are it supposed to be all, their, all his children? Oh, no. So we're all his creation. We're not all his children. Oh, we're so we're all kids. his creation. We're all his creation, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he wants nothing more than, than for his creations to get to know him. To, to want to get to know him too. Not just treating the Lord like a pit stop, but to want to actually go wherever he is and want to cultivate that relationship of love, which is what mm -hmm. God is. 
right? But I don't think that love is necessarily this kumbaya, like, hey, it's all chummy here, smoke with Jay in the beach and like, no, you know what I'm saying? That's not mm -hmm. what it is. It's like the Lord is a jealous Lord, but not in the human sense and not the sinful sense. Like, man, I saw this guy buy a Tesla and I want a Tesla or whatever. I'm jealous of his Tesla. No, that's not what it is. It's I get angry when I see things, people, places, songs, movements, idols get in the way of me in my relationship with them. I it, That gets me jealous. Understood? Mm-hmm. Uh, Y'all, please, close up on Clara's face, please. <laughs> Anyways, moving right along. I understand it, but I just don't agree with it. That's why I'm like... It's not really there for us head. to agree or disagree <laughs> with because, you know, he's God. Yeah, but like God's supposed yeah. to be perfect. And how are you yeah. being jealous yes, like God this? Is... Like, shouldn't be like bigger person in the room and just like assess and just like not be oh, fighting oh, okay. over things that get in your way? This is very good point. The Bible, and we're talking about knowledge, right? Hmm. The Bible looks at us the way we look at, first of all, like we could never even imagine that level of truth, us being able to understand that. The only way we're able to understand and develop a relationship with the Lord is through these people who are tapped in, right? Like I'm not a prophet, right? But these mm. prophets have these relationships with the Lord and they're trying their best to convey the knowledge, the truth to humans, to people, to, to things. Mm. So you're saying, ah, but I don't agree. I don't agree. It's like, it's not, it's not there for you to agree. It'd be like an ant being like, I don't agree with you stepping on me. I don't agree with it. We can't even, like, they can't even begin to understand. Ants can't even begin to understand our mode of transportation that is walking. You know what I'm saying? Ugh, I, I, that may not have made sense. And I know I probably confused you even more than I, than I intended. So you're basically if, saying there's something lost in translation. Like, whatever he is or feels, there's a part that we cannot understand. So the only... The closest we can get yeah. to it is whatever the prophets like tell us. There is a way to understand, and it starts with developing a relationship with God and understanding the fundamentals of why a relationship with him, cultivating a relationship with him is important. If you, uh, oh, and it, it's in this week's moral of the story, actually. But like, if there is no faith with this knowledge, it falls on deaf ears. I think that's the last line of my moral. Sorry, I just... Gave you gave it away, gave it away, guys. But, Spoiler. But it's 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 kind of like that. Nothing I say to you will will possess the magnitude that's of, of faith that's needed to understand why the Lord is uh, steadfast love, abounding by you know what I'm saying, merciful, right? If you if if you don't possess faith, it's really hard to understand that. I know it, Claire, because I was there, mm -hmm. and I can I can see how. Wait, but isn't he supposed to be this? But isn't he? That's very logical thinking. It's very like, the Bible is a book that's supposed to stir up spiritual redemption, not try and check off your needs to make logical sense of things. Does that make sense? Okay. Am I making yeah, sense, yeah. Al? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to... No, no, I to, get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I try, I'm trying my best. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a <laughs> theologian. Like, I, oh, I guess this yeah. is a perfect time. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a priest. I'm your friend on the internet yeah. who happens to be a Christian who has an atheist best friend and I'm trying my best to convey the, you know, gravity of my love for Christ, for God. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyways. Joel also reminds us that restoration will come to those that repent and are saved. 
Uh, Joel, I know Clara probably rolled her eyes over there in LA. <laughs> Joel, uh, chapter three, verse 16. So you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who dwells in Zion, my holy mountain, and Jerusalem shall be holy, and strangers shall never again pass through it. Once you get bitten by that bug, listen, I can't even explain it. It's like, I said it before, it's like, it's like the bell that can't be unrung. Once you feel the presence of God in your life, there's no unseeing it. There's no unfeeling it. There's no, it's, it's impenetrable. Ooh, I, that's all I want for people to like have that, you know? Anyways, moral of the story. Moral of the story is knowledge is currency. That currency, when placed in the right hands, has the power to change the world. Seriously. Joel was a minor prophet, but there was none minor about what he had to say. He didn't have to mention any sin by name. All he needed to do was convey his knowledge of the Bible and let God do the rest. In just three short chapters, Joel managed to retweet seven other Old Testament prophets, and he was smooth with it. We should all strive to be that smooth with anything that we love. Anyway, the Lord wants us to remember him through knowledge about him and his word. Not only so that we can learn more about him, but so that we grow in faith. Because without faith, true knowledge falls on deaf ears. Ooh. Hey, Father. How'd I do? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's so good. You know, I have Clara, Alex in the studio. But I got a question for you. If you were to rate me one to ten, what would you give me? <laughs> uh -huh.